Hello, everyone. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Welcome to Business Casual, our weekly podcast with my co-hosts, Caroline D.R.D. Edwards and Maria Wickvilla. Maria, of course, is the founder of Applicant Lab. Caroline, obviously, was former director of NCI Admissions, as well as the co-founder of Fortuna Admissions. And we have, I think, a good time in the cycle for a lot of people. Yeah, some people have gotten rejections, but there are now people out there who are sitting on multiple acceptances. And the dilemma for them is where to go. And inevitably, the higher-ranked schools may throw less cash, if any cash at all, at you, while some lower-ranked schools will uh, toss the money your way. So it makes sort of the decision a lot more difficult. And I wonder what kind of advice Caroline and Maria give their clients. Is there a framework to consider? I'm sure that there are short-term and long-term financial implications, and there may be a lot of other implications here in terms of your career. What do you really want the MBA for? One school might be better than another. Caroline, do you have a way to help people think through these decisions? It does depend on individual circumstances, but in general, I advise clients to to keep the the order of priority of schools that they had before they got the offers, right? So to not be swayed by the, the, the financing if they can afford to go to their top choice school and they've been admitted there. So if possible, go to the best school that, it, that you've got into that is the best fit for you, regardless of the financing, because you know, whilst it may be difficult to turn down a, a great um, scholarship and, and financial support, in the longer term, you're better off going to the program where, um, you know, it's the best fit for your career goals. And in the long term, you'll probably earn more money as a result. So actually, the return on investment will be better at the school that was your top choice in any any case. Maria, do you have a take on this? Yes, I, I do. I actually, I agree with Caroline. I, I tend to tell people like, don't necessarily get swayed by the money because you are, you know, many of these loans, you do get 20 or more years to pay them back. And so sometimes when you look at that number up front, let's say you get, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollar scholarship from one school and nothing at another school, you might look at that, that difference and say, wow, a hundred thousand dollars. It's so much money. But then when you think about the fact that, you know, I, I'm not going to put interest in this calculation because my coffee hasn't kicked in yet. But let's just say there's no interest and you get 20 years to pay it back. And it's five. So five thousand dollars a year, you know, five hundred less, less than five hundred dollars a month. Like if it really was your dream school all along, wouldn't you be willing to pay an extra five hundred bucks a month for the privilege of going there? I mean, even even not even taking into account the idea that you might make end up making more money should you go to a higher or a better school. You know, even if the, even if your salary is exactly the same, if you really wanted to go to a certain school all along, in the long term, that that delta is not going to uh, make or break you financially. So let's go to a few case studies here. Right now, there are a bunch of people who are running off online asking for advice. Here is a candidate who's been accepted by UCLA Anderson and New York University Stern School of Business. They've actually put their first stern deposit down just to buy some time before UCLA's deadline. But this person confesses that it's left him feeling even more undecided. He's looking to go into marketing management after his MBA. He has a strong interest in media entertainment. So either LA or New York certainly would be uh, good for him. 
but it's likely, he says, that I would do more traditional marketing for a tech CPG company right out of school and eventually shift into the entertainment space long term. I lived in New York and L.A., have always liked New York City better, just feel like I vibe more with the culture and how accessible and compact it is, he says. So here's his factors. His favorite city between the two, New York. He feels that the accessibility of the city will make it better for networking and building relationships. He says, and he's right on this, there's a slightly better brand and ranking for NYU Stern, and the core business curriculum seems stronger. On the other hand, he's got a $70,000 scholarship offer from UCLA. Uh, he would not have to move his stuff across the country, and he already has a car. He's, he'd be close to tech and media companies. And let's face it, the weather in L.A., a heck of a lot better. And you know this, Maria, than oh, yeah. New York City. It's particularly, amazing. Particularly in the winter months. So <laughs> how does someone like this make this decision? 70 grand on the table from UCLA, the incredible weather. He's already there. He's close to tech and media companies. And yet NYU is the higher ranked school. It won't give him a penny. And it's in the city where, you know, he obviously prefers New York City to L.A. What do you say to a guy like that? You know, up until up until you said the part where he would rather live in New York, and it sounds like he may want to prefer to settle in New York, if I'm sort of reading into that comment, I was 100% UCLA. Before I even heard about the money, I said, if he wants to do marketing in media, LA is UCLA is the place to be. It's the school that has so many amazing relationships, right? Their their career services office, like they're not dumb. They know that a lot of people come to UCLA or LA to work in entertainment. So they have amazing relationships with all of the top entertainment companies. And, and so I was thinking, like, wow, you know, it sounds like UCLA would be the better fit. But then it is true that. Los Angeles and New York are very different cities with different vibes. And if somebody wants to live in New York, and if that's just the place where they feel more at home, and that's where this person wants to establish their lives in the long term, I have to say that there's a there's a lot of value, I think, to going to NYU, because if he, especially if they're currently living in LA, because if they want to start establishing that network, what better time to start establishing that network than when you're in school, you've got a little more free time, you can go to the, the conferences and the, the meetups and, and those sorts of things. So I think if this person wants to establish roots in New York, I think NYU would really help facilitate that transition. So that would be my vote. So give up the 70 grand and go to New York City. It pains me to say this, but I have to say <laughs> that if that's what that person, if they if that's what they want, I think it would help them transplant themselves. Caroline, what do you think? Yeah, it, it's very important to consider where you want to be geographically post-MBA. And I think sometimes candidates don't give that sufficient thought because they're focused on the program itself and what they will get out of it immediately. But you know, where your network is geographically, as well as, you know, who's in your network is hugely important and possibly the most important part of what, you know, what you're going to get out of the MBA at the end of the day. So if that is the case that he wants to be based in NYC, then yes, I think it's better going to Stern. But if he's not sure, then Anderson could be, could be the better option. But yes, I, I think, I mean, he needs to decide, I think, where he wants to be geographically post-MBA. Um, something I would add is that sometimes it's possible to negotiate financial aid with schools. So if you do have an offer from one school, but you would prefer to go to another another school, you can try and negotiate. Obviously, you have to do it gracefully and don't be aggressive and pushy and demanding. 
but but people do do that and they may well most likely they'll say no but it certainly doesn't hurt to ask right and if they if if they flagged you as someone that they really want to come to the school and perhaps you were on borderline for get, for getting some financial support it, and and you know maybe other people are withdrawing who have offers of financial support and they've got some money in their financial aid budgets, which they didn't have when they made you the admissions offer. Offer sometimes, you know, budgets can can change as admitted candidates accept their offers or or turn them down. So you know, you can certainly try to negotiate as well. Is there a right way to, to negotiate? In other words, if this guy wants to go to NYU Stern, really, can he go to them and then say, "Hey, UCLA offered me seventy thousand dollars. What can you offer me?" Or is there a more nuanced way to approach a negotiation like that? Well, I would send them the offer letter, all right, to substantiate the claim that you're making that you have this fantastic financial aid package from another school, and state that you know your but your you know your motivated and your target school is is stern, right? And and um, and explain why that's your number one choice. So, so, you know, state your case clearly. And um, I would send an email, possibly try to speak with them as well. But, you know, so make, make your case, case clear, but don't be aggressive by any means. Yeah, I, right. I tell people to, to sort of phrase it like it's making my decision really difficult. <laughs> I love that line. Right. So that way, like you're sort of asking for it and you're, you're sort of, you know, it, it, I think it walks a fine line between assertiveness, but not being too pushy. Now, here's another dilemma that people have. Maybe they've been admitted, but only to one school. And it's not a matter of scholarship necessarily, but it's a question of, wow, you know, I really want to go to a better school, a school that's higher ranked. So here's an international student who has an admit to a good top 15 school. He says, thinking Ross, Duke, or Darden, no scholarship. But his goal is to get into consulting, ideally MBB, although he'd be happy with tier two or tech in a basically product management role at like an Amazon. So does it make sense for him to wait another year and apply to M7 schools or should he take what he, what he's gotten and go? This is his issue, his pros. And this is kind of interesting. He could apply around one and hopefully get more scholarships. He could get a better tier school if he waits and a lifelong network and prestige. And he thinks he can get a stronger shot at MBB. The cons, he wastes a year. He might have perhaps a weaker profile because he's been freelancing for a few months at, at a time during, during his application process. Most M7s are in big cities, so it's an additional cost, he thinks, of $20,000 or more. And then, then he basically said, is there really a significant difference in employment outcomes for MBB or tech after all? What advice do you give this guy? Well, I would say, I mean, referencing our recent discussion about this, the goals that the top consulting firms recruit from, that you don't have to go to an M7 school to get into a firm like McKinsey, Bain or BCG. So I don't think he needs to feel that if he goes to the, one of the schools that he's been accepted to or the school that he's been accepted to, that he is therefore settling for second tier consulting. That's not necessarily the case by any means at all. And in fact, you know, he might be able to stand out more easily in, in the school that um, he's been admitted to. And I think, you know, it's very difficult to turn down an offer from what is actually a great school 
um, and for the uncertainty of whether you may or may not get admitted to a top school, knowing that you know the level of competition isn't likely to drop dramatically anytime soon, and you know it's very competitive, and he might well come out with no offer next time round. So my advice would most likely to be to accept the offer. What, what do you think, Maria? I, I completely agree. I, and this was another one where once I heard the detail that this person has been freelancing recently, in other words, they've been unemployed in a formal manner, mm-hmm. then this offer is a life raft. <laughs> it's a life, <laughs> it's a life, you know, flotation device that they need to grab onto right now because this is what's going to be the thing that sort of rescues them and gets their career back on track post-pandemic. Uh, when, when I talk to people who are in a similar situation, the two big things I look at are primarily, do you think that a year from now or six months from now, your profile is going to be that much stronger? Right. Sometimes it is. Sometimes someone is like, look, I'm on the verge of getting a transfer to London and I'm going to be put in charge of a team. And so if I apply again in this upcoming round one, I'll have management experience. I'll have international. And in that case, I say, oh, well, maybe in that case, you might you might want to turn down this one offer that you have and give it another shot next year if you think there's going to be a big in enhancement in what you bring to the table. But in this case, it sounds like it's actually the opposite. And so it sounds like maybe this person perhaps was laid off due to the pandemic. I don't know. And, and so I, I think this person needs to just grab it and, and go for it. Yeah, I totally agree. And let's face it, uh, Fuqua, Darden, and Ross are fantastic world-class MBA programs. They attract incredible people. Uh, all the major employers go there. The dean of Darden, my God, was is a former senior partner at McKinsey who spent his entire life at the firm. Uh, and McKinsey's their number one recruiter. So give me a break. You know, <laughs> get get real, man. And you, <laughs> I mean, uh, if this guy is unemployed, and clearly he is, uh, he has no chance, incidentally, of getting into an M7 school next year. And he probably has any any chance at all of getting into the one school that he got into in, in the top 15 next year. So he should count his lucky stars, not only say yes, you know, drag himself there and genuflect at, <laughs> at the iconic structure on whatever campus he belongs in. I also just want to quickly add that if he does want to do MBB and let's say he applies this next round and he does get in, he's not they're not going to hire him. They're not going to be as quick to hire him because he is going to have that long term relative unemployment. Right. So he's actually sorry that just I should have mentioned that earlier. Like he's he's actually not only a weaker candidate to business school, he's a weaker candidate to consulting, I I would argue, yeah. uh, if that's his if that's his goal. So that's really true. OK, now here's another case. And this is even more interesting than the first two. And I know you're going to love this one. OK, we have someone who and I think hit the jackpot. He's got into Harvard. He's got into Chicago Booth and he's got into Columbia Business School. Now, he's interested in investment banking, but he's not quite 100% set on it yet. He's also interested in real estate. So, uh, obviously, Columbia's location would be appealing to him. He wants to be in New York uh, City post-MBA. Now, here's the rub. Harvard, no money at all. Uh, Booth, a good amount of money, maybe more than half of the tuition already paid, maybe as much as two-thirds. Columbia, almost a full ride. Uh, they're paying him a lot of cash. Where does he go? Now, here's an interesting thing. On this bulletin board, there was votes. 
by the users of this bulletin board. I won't even say where it's from. And I won't tell you who the winner is, who's in first, second, and third place, but I'll let you guess after you give your assessment. So where should he go? Why don't you start, Maria? (laughs) Thank you. Caroline, I think that's very, it's so so nice of you to. to, um, So generous. I know. Let's see how supportive Maria is of her alma mater. I mean, so I, this almost reminds me of that show House Hunters where, you know, you have the three (laughs) houses. I would eliminate Booth right off the bat. I, I think that that, I think it comes down to between HBS and CBS. And, and in that case, I would think, you know, we could use Caroline's earlier idea of what would have been your first choice going into this. But I also acknowledge that some people, you know, let's say this person is hoping to settle down and start a family at some point soon. And, and so that that money, I mean, if it is almost a full ride at CBS, that's really, really compelling. And if they do want to go into either banking or real estate, New York is the center of the universe for for those two industries. So I think that it's a really it's a really close one here. I think I would also ask them what do they want from from the experience? Do they want a broader network in terms of people from all kinds of places and all kinds of industries versus CBS, which may be a little more localized and a little bit more specialized. Are they looking for, do they think that the case method would help them develop in terms of their ability to answer questions like this one right off the top of their heads and do so gracefully? <laughs> you know, so so I think it's, I, it's almost, I know I'm not allowed to say it's a tie, huh? That's copying as a cop out. No. Oh man. I, I guess I would say, I would say HBS just because I, I personally think it's a, it's a great school, but I would not, I would not hesitate or feel bad for a second if instead they chose CBS. Okay. So you want the guy to almost walk away from a full ride and go HBS. There you go. Okay. Caroline. Right. So I think he can't go wrong between HBS and Columbia. That's true. And like Maria, you know, I put Booth in third place. So it's a difficult decision. I think, you know, if if to start with, he had his heart set on Harvard, then I would continue with that route. If he's decided he definitely wants to focus on IB, he definitely wants to, or, or alternatively real estate, and he definitely wants to be in NYC. I mean, he can't go wrong with Columbia, right? So I guess then he has to decide to what extent those financial considerations are critical right now. That's true. And and again, it's it's uh, short-term versus long-term in a way, right? Because obviously short-term, you're not going to have to lay out so much money. You, you'll you graduate without the heavy burden of, of, of any significant debt. Uh, long-term, will a Harvard MBA degree mean more to him? Will it have a better network? I'm not even sure about that, given uh, Columbia's well-entrenched alumni in the investment banking world and in real estate, frankly and its location in New York, where he's likely to meet, incidentally, many practitioners in real estate development and many people in the investment banking field because Columbia relies heavily on a lot of uh, speaking engagements from from people in New York City who are very prominent in these two fields. They also allow for term time internships, which I think is a really cool thing where you're allowed to do not just the summer internship, but you're allowed to do internships with companies during the school year, which I I think is a huge, especially if this person's a career switcher in any way, any extra experience that they can get working for a company uh, in banking or real estate is is actually going to really help them in the long term too. 
Now, among the viewers of this post, 226 told him go to Columbia. 113 told him to go to Harvard. And only 75 said Chicago Booth. So Columbia, according to the wisdom of this crowd, at least, <laughs> gets gets top rank. And you're right. I, I, I don't think he can make a, a, a bad decision. I mean, I would be probably inclined to go to Columbia given his career goals. But Harvard, boy, you know, Harvard is, when you think about the MBA degree, you think of Harvard first more than any other school in the world. And that's been true forever. But it may not be the best for him. So there you go. Take, take the full ride, for goodness sake. Yeah, here's another one. This is interesting. Here's a person similar to the person we just discussed. In this case, he has an admit from Wharton and one from Columbia. His Columbia admit comes with a full ride. His Wharton admit, not a single dollar. He wants to pursue, same thing, real estate or investment banking post-MBA. Should he go to Wharton or should he go to Columbia? Or can he even make a bad choice here? What do you say? Well, if, if real estate and investment banking has, are his target industries, then I would take the full ride at Columbia. It seems like a fantastic option to have. It really is. I mean, there, you know how many people would be jealous to have that option? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think in this case, given, given what those schools offer and what this person wants to do in that case, there's such a similarity, I would say between what Wharton offers and what CBS offers, where I think in this case, it's very clear uh, that the full ride at CBS would be the way to go. Okay. Now here's a more complicated one because it involves schools that are not, you know, ranked in the top 10. Here's, Here's a person who's gotten an offer from Indiana Kelly and Carnegie Mellon Tepper. And the person asked, which MBA program would be better for a transition from corporate banking into asset management and or investment banking? So now that's a really interesting issue and there's no money involved. Is it Kelly or is it Tepper to transition from corporate banking into asset management and or investment banking? Wow. What do you say? <laughs> I'm not sure which school is stronger in finance. I not. I don't think either one of us is. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I would just tell this person to first of all look at. This is a case where they would have to do some detective work and look at the uh, career reports, look at the course offerings. My gut would say maybe Tepper might be better because I do. I I associate them very much with analytics and strong quant. Work. Yeah, it's a quanti school. And isn't Tepper isn't it, isn't it named after a, a yeah hedge David fund, Tepper a hedge fund uh, guy made all his money in uh, at a hedge fund yeah yeah so maybe mm-hmm. that bodes well for it but I'm not going to pretend that I, <laughs> I <laughs> that I know yeah no but sure. I I think that's good advice you look at the employment report and I think what what it would in fact show you know if he was pursuing a career in marketing CPG in particular Kelly is definitely the way to go. But 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 a more quanti background from a school named after one of the major hedge fund guys and, and closer to, you know, the Northeast probably is a better bet for that person. And then here's our last case. And this is another tricky one. This person's been admitted to two public business schools, Michigan Ross and UT Texas McCombs. 
McCombs is giving him $60,000. Michigan Ross, $10,000. What does he do? He's potentially interested in leadership development programs in tech or real estate. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like the Jeopardy host. I mean, Texas could be an interesting option for tech, right? That's true. So, you know, that that um, could be could have some interesting recruitment opportunities if if that's the route that, that the candidate wants to take. So I would possibly go in that direction. Um, but again, you know, always delving into the recruitment statistics and looking at specifically, you know, are there target employers there that you really want to work for who are actually coming and recruiting regularly at the school? That it, 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 it's really important. And the schools do publish, you know, pretty detailed data on that. So I think before any candidate makes that type of decision, you know, they, they should certainly be analyzing that data very carefully. Is it, yep. John, is it 10K total or or, or total. per year? Yeah, total. Yeah. So that's a, that's a $50,000 difference. So I would, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would let the money necessarily influence it in a major way if this person had like let's say they they felt that they got along really well with the students at at uh at michigan or something like that um i i think it would be a matter of yeah like where do they want to live long term if if tech if they are geographically agnostic then yeah austin is quickly becoming a, t- a tech force in and of itself um that having been said michigan has really good relationships with the microsofts and the amazons yep. and those big guys too so i i would almost say it's i think for a fifty thousand dollar difference again if i if i put on my long-term binoculars i don't know that that's enough to sway me strongly one way or the other so i would come i would put it down to other factors for this person and I believe Amazon has been the number one recruiter at Michigan Ross for the last five years in a row, maybe even longer, displacing what had been the number one recruiter, Deloitte. And they have a lot of people in the tech field as well. And obviously it's higher ranked, consistently higher ranked. So that's another consideration. Although we know about these rankings, we've talked about them before. Don't put too much faith in them. Although I have to say, a lot of people will be making these decisions based on rankings, and sometimes that may serve them well, sometimes not. Well, listen, thank you so much for all that insight and help. I hope it gives you a little idea if you are among the lucky ones who have multiple offers to choose from. First off, congratulations. Uh, and I'm assuming that in most cases, you can't kind of really make a wrong choice. Because even in all these pairs that we've discussed, these are all great schools, great MBA programs uh, with terrific career support, terrific MBA curriculums and great faculty and classmates. Uh, No matter where you decide to go, if you're choosing among schools like these, you'll do well and you will have your dreams fulfilled. Maria and Caroline, thank you once again. A pleasure. This is John Byrne with Parts and Quants. You've been listening to Business Casual, our weekly podcast. See you next week. 